2: 42 yards Najee Harris. And welcome back to the cover three Hurry Up Hot Seat. I'm your host, Barton Simmons. Along with me, Tom Furnelli, we are interrogating Chip Patterson on the stand today. He will be talking the University of Alabama, play the sound effect. Mr. Patterson, welcome to the Hurry Up Hot Seat. Alabama is the team. Tough task. <laughs> Give us your opening statement on why we should be believing in the Crimson Tides in 2020.
0: Angry Alabama is going to be my pick to win the national championship in the 2020 season. The, the two things that I'm focused on the most are, number one, there is an immense amount of experience on this roster, a lot of it that has either, number one, decided to come back after having the opportunity to go to the NFL draft, and number two, missed a lot of time last year because of injuries. And so I think that as we look up and down this roster, we just see a lot of snaps that have been shared across the last couple of seasons, and that kind of competitive depth is going to be something that I think really helps Alabama. And then number two, a little bit of a bridge off of this, I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had about what kind of motivating factor not making the college football playoff is going to have. Nick Saban always says, no, what we don't want to do is we don't want to waste the loss. And I think that that while while that can be a campy message, uh, isolated, I do think it reverberates throughout that program. And so, with Najee Harris coming back, with Alex Leatherwood coming back, with Dylan Moses coming back, with Devonta Smith coming back, you got to think that they're coming back with the idea of winning a national championship. Um, and then there's a few other factors too that we can see. I'll, I'll let sh- uh, you all lead the questioning, but I am going to be picking the Tide right now, at least here uh, at this point in the off season, to win the national championship. Number three in our countdown, but number one in my heart.
1: So that that's a pretty you know that's a pretty strong statement that you're you're picking them to win the national championship. And I would think that if Alabama wins a national title, based on the way it has changed its profile in recent years it will be it will be led by a strong quarterback but of course Tua Tagovailoa is gone he's wearing he's wearing teal and orange now he's down in Miami living that south beach life so who's going to be hosting the trophy as Alabama's starting quarterback when they win the national title is it going to be Mac Jones is Mac Jones suddenly a national title caliber quarterback in your eyes or will the five star phenom Bryce Young who has not gotten any spring practice going to have a limited availability in the summer by the looks of it, is he going to eventually take over the job and lead Alabama to the promised land yet again?
0: I think Bryce Young eventually takes over this job, but I do not think it's going to happen on a typical Nick Saban calendar where we get – uh, when there has been a quarterback competition, you get a little bit of both of them in the first couple of games, and usually around the SEC opener, you know, week three or so, you got it settled. And this year, I think that because of that Georgia game right up in the first couple weeks of the season, I think you see Mac Jones, um, Mac Jones holding down the starters' role, but Bryce Young is absolutely a difference maker. And I also think that we could see the offensive line really being a strength. They got nothing but experience on the interior. Uh, you know, Landon Dickerson, The you got, as, as I mentioned, Leatherwood at the tackle position. I, I could see a big Najee Harris here. I could see... The production at the quarterback position being much closer to Jacob Coker than Tua Tugavailoa. I think Tua Tugavailoa is a generational player, and thinking that you're going to have an offense run the exact same way is a little bit different. I also think the wide receiver room, while it's got some young talent, I mean, you are... No longer trotting out four NFL players that are surefire, but you know you've got Devonta Smith who's dynamic, Jalen Waddle who's explosive, but I just think that we could see this Alabama offense not putting as much on the quarterback as we saw under Tua, and you know that can. Be, there are lots of great ways to uh, play win in football. Uh, I think Alabama still has the horses to be able to play any kind of way.
2: Yeah, I'll, look, I'll take that. I think offensively this is still a team that's going to be really good on offense. They're still really talented on offense. They bring plenty back on the offensive line. They bring a lot of running backs back, receivers you mentioned, et cetera. But you, you know where I'm going here. And I think the question that I have, if you are going to pencil Alabama into that national championship uh, mold, is y- you would have to envision not even status quo from last year, but a step forward from last year, On defense, they lost two of their edge rushers. They lost some really talented players in the secondary. I I know Dylan Moses is back, but are we just sort of a... Because look, Alabama is no longer by far the most talented team in the country. They've got Georgia. They've got Clemson. They've got Ohio State at the very least. So can just status quo on defense be good enough for this team? Can... Can't, like how big of a step forward can this defense take, uh, and can they get back to being a dominant front seven?
0: I think it's got to start at the linebacker, or at least the best options are at the linebacker position. Because I mean, Christian Harris is going to feel so much more comfortable in twenty twenty. I mean, he he's going to have a better understanding of what needs to happen out there. I mean, I think that the depth right there. You mentioned Dylan Moses, Christian Harris. Joshua McMillan, Shane Lee, uh, like Drew Sanders coming in at the outside linebacker position. I don't know if he's going to be able to make an instant impact, but if he is, goodness gracious. I think Christian Barmore is your name up front where it's got to step forward. I think that you've just got, I mean, like you do with an Ohio State, like you do with the Clemson, you have no shortage of names no shortage of four star five star guys that there's been a lot of hype and some some training camp or off season workout murmurs or buzz around i mean you know players that are making a buzz I, I think it's christian barmore i think dj dale takes a step forward there's just there's been a lot of football played by some of the sophomores and juniors uh within that front seven now on the back side of the defense you know Patrick Sartain's the most known entity cuz he's been playing there since the beginning of the season, since the beginning of his career at Alabama. I don't know that I feel as comfortable there that they have, you know, just like a total elite lockdown unit, but I'd absolutely feel better about them taking a step forward in the front seven.
1: Uh that defensive side of the ball, there's it's one of the weird things about Alabama this year at least compared to recent years. It's not just that they're coming off of not making the playoff for the first time in, in the era. But every single year we have seen, like, you know, Nick Saban's assistants leave. You know, he has to replace his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, over and over again. It, last year it almost happened where, you know, Sarkeesian, who had been the offensive coordinator last season, he was connected to the Colorado job when that initially came over before it ended up going to Carl Durrell. And I don't know how serious it ever really got with Sark going to Colorado, but the name was mentioned. But so now... We're in a situation where Alabama has a lot of players that it has to replace, which isn't really anything new compared to what we see in a a usual year because the NFL draft is usually stock full of Alabama players. But we might see some consistency on the coaching staff because Sark is back and so is defensive coordinator Pete Golding. And really the only change of note is that, you know, strength coach Scott Cochran is gone. So. David Ballou is in his place, but so do you think that the fact that there is no turnover on the coaching staff will be something that maybe helps Alabama get further, or do you just kind of look at it and say it's really not that big of a deal to you?
0: I think the hire of David Ballou and the comments that have been made around it are reasons why I think Nick Saban, if I'm going to start setting the over-under on when he may or may not decide to just hang it up and, and go and take his spot at Miss Terry's side doing house chores like he's been doing during the uh, the pandemic... No, I think the hire of David Ballou and the phrases like we are looking to modernize our strength and conditioning programs signal to me that Nick Saban might look at 2020 as the beginning of a new chapter. Now, what chapter that is and how many chapters are left? I don't know. But Scott Cochran was such a big part of building that identity and, you know, the way that they carried themselves. When you hear Nick Saban use words like modernize and embrace new ideas, well, I mean, everyone's it. That's it. We're done. Like, how are we going to stop him now? He is He is actually embracing new science and training methods. I I think that that only signals to more success for Alabama and Nick Saban just because there's something refreshing about being able to try new ideas when you've been doing the same thing for a long period of time and I think it's going to have a positive impact. Yeah, even, you know, as you mentioned, with so many other position coaches still in place.
2: So you've got them playing in the national championship game, winning the national championship game. Any concerns? That it faces your beloved Trojans to open up the season, assuming that it gets played. Week three, University of Georgia, our beloved bo- Bulldogs. <laughs> they go to LSU, which is an annual affair, obviously in the season. A and M and Auburn. Look, I I understand that Alabama is typically the hunted, not the hunt. What what is it? They're the, they're the, the hunter. hunter, not the hunted. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, but that's – I mean, look, th- those are all teams that have a pretty talented roster in their own right. So is, is the schedule, when you're looking around at other candidates to get your votes as the future national champs, it, isn't there kind of some, some lower-hanging fruit out there that you could pick from? Not
0: when it comes to winning these national championships. I think about schedule in terms of making the college football playoff but when it comes to winning two games against the best teams in the country, uh, what what happened to me in, in your regular season strength of schedule doesn't really matter. So I I think that Alabama is going to win the SEC. I feel confident that they'll make the SEC championship game. And then, yeah, you put them in the postseason. I I just don't know where the losses are. They don't lose that often. And every year the schedule is tough. And if they're not going to lose when the schedule is tough last year or the year before or the year before or the year before, well, then I shouldn't take the strength of schedule into consideration again. I'm seeing a lot of experience, a lot of pieces in place with uh, leaders coming back, unique motivating factor, embracing new ways of strength and conditioning. I just kind of feel like this – This juggernaut, we we started to take it for granted just because other programs have caught up. Ohio State's caught up. Clemson's caught up. LSU is caught up. Georgia's caught up. And I could just see the tide reminding us all that it's, you know, everybody can be sitting at the big boys table, but there can only be one king.
1: I, I agree with you to a certain point about the SOS, but I, I do have some concern with Alabama's schedule simply because they play eight games before they have their first bye of the season, which you know could be problematic for them as, as you go along. You might need the rest. Like Their first bye isn't until Halloween weekend. But aside from that, you seem pretty convinced that Alabama is going to win the national title. You're, you're, you're very strong in your conviction for it. But what I would like for you to do now is if Alabama doesn't win a national title in 2020, why didn't it? Because it got subpar
0: play at quarterback and was in the college football playoff going up against a truly elite passer of the football. And right now, I do not know if they'll face a lot of that in the SEC. I don't know how many truly elite passing attacks are going to be up running and humming Uh, in the Southeastern Conference this year. But I think that by the time you get to the college football playoff, when you're talking about going up against Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma offense, I think that you are going to need to be strong on the back end. So either subpar quarterback play from Mac Jones and or Bryce Young or uh, defending the pass ends up getting – their issues defending the pass don't end up getting them in the regular season, but they would prevent them from winning the title going up against either Lawrence or Fields.
2: Mister Patterson, you are off the hurry-up hot seats.
0: Man, Alabama really gets, uh, gets the questions out from the prosecutors. That
2: was a tough. That was a tough seat. Listen, you can't throw out national champions right off the top and expect not to get (laughs) cross-examined. He is Chip Patterson. You can follow him at Chip underscore Patterson. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. I am Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Barton Simmons. This has been the Cover 3 Podcast. Thank you very much. Yes, sir.